Ooh, welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy do I have a surprise for you. I have on the phone right now with me, Stephen Culp, and he played Robert Campbell in Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Hi Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, how are you, uh, Scotty? Should I call you Scotty or Slasher? Doesn't matter, whatever you would like. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah, call me Scotty. That'll be great. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So the first question I got for you is, uh, how did you get your start into acting? Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) I didn't think anybody was going to ask that. It was so long ago. Um, (laughs) You know, I was, um, when I was in high school, I was kind of... um, I had sort of a reputation in my English classes for writing funny essays. Okay. And and I used to um, get asked to read them to the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when I was a junior, my um, uh, some people in the class thought it would be a good idea. And this is like the early 70s. Mm-hmm. This is, um, it'll be like 1973. And uh, they thought it would be a funny idea to do sort of a, a night of like skits and stuff mm-hmm. that we wrote and performed ourselves. So I was uh, uh, kind of uh, shanghaied into being the head writer for these because I, you know, people thought I was I was funny <laughs> uh, with my writing. And then, and actually, some of the people, some of my best friends in high school were some of the funniest people I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So I. Uh, had written some parts specifically for these people uh and some of them just went i don't want to be in that show (laughs) so i thought uh you know i i I wrote this i can do it myself and um so i ended up doing some of the parts myself and and uh i actually remember that first night uh in front of the audience of just the roars of laughter coming from that audience you know about stuff that we were doing on stage and stuff that you know we had written and were performing and i remember i just could not sleep that night every time i started to fall asleep um i hear them laughing again and i'd wake up right and uh, i was just jazzed and so that kind of and that got me interested in doing more plays and then when i was in college you know, I had a number of different interests. I was mm-hmm. playing music and, and um, you know, playing in bars and little clubs and stuff, uh, playing guitar and singing and doing some of my own writing. Um, right. But my writing kind of went by the wayside. I, I was never actually a, a great writer, I didn't think. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I started doing a lot of plays and I kind of fell in with actors and... Then I went overseas. I did my junior year abroad at the University of Exeter, and I was studying mm-hmm. English literature. And I was—I'd go to London on some weekends and see plays and things. And that's the year I decided, you know, I'm gonna. I'd had some friends who had gone off to grad school uh, to get um, MFAs in theater arts, right. and I thought that's something I think I want to try to do that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of made that decision that year, awesome. and um, you know, I remember I wrote to my mom, and uh, what did she think? And she wrote me this just wonderful letter back <laughs> that uh, I found years later when I was after she had passed away, and I was cleaning out the house, and she wrote me this this wonderful letter back, and it was so supportive, awesome. and so. Um, I ended up. I applied to a couple grad schools. I got into one. I went up to Brandeis University after uh, uh, graduating from the College of William & Mary, which is where I, I had a degree in English. Mm-hmm. I went up to Brandeis to get an MFA in acting and spent the whole first year thinking that made I'd made the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> and it was just awful. Um, mm-hmm. And then about midway through the second year, it suddenly started to click in. Right. And I was doing... I, I remember doing some plays that, I mean, I literally could not stop working on them. I'd just be thinking about them all the time and right. just, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was, it, the work started to click in and then I started to be really fascinated and compelled and challenged by the work. Right. 
And so then, um, you know, I, I graduated from Brandeis. Uh, I spent a year there being an artist in residence and teaching and doing plays. And then I went down to New York mm-hmm. and I was, um, you know, not knowing what was going to happen. Right. But I kind of immediately got jobs on soap operas and and I very quickly landed a play or two. And then before long, I was doing, you know, I had agent. I was doing, the, you know, I was doing theater and I spent mm-hmm. a lot of the 80s doing doing theater in New York and regionally. And I actually ended up working with a lot of the at that time, what were considered the best playwrights and directors right. in you know, in the business. So it was a good um it was a good time. That's awesome. So and, yeah, that's a long story. But yeah, no problem. And, that's it. And it's really interesting. And you've been in a lot of big things, including like having a you know in one episode of American Horror Story. And I just got oh, started. Well, Dad, have you seen that? I have seen it, and I knew no, I knew no, it was Frank, you immediately. Huh? That was such a joke. That was such a joke. Um, I actually went in uh, to read for that. They sent me this thing. They they sent me. Um, it, it was there was barely anything to read, right? But my agent said that it was a part that could possibly recur, and um, that uh, you know maybe mm-hmm. I wanted to go in and read for it because it was American Horror Story and stuff. And so I I looked at it, and um, and it was an actually you know, I wasn't actually the character that I was mm-hmm. going to be. It, they, they just sort of they're so secretive. They'd sort of written this this scene that didn't really exist. Right. But I was kind of, um, a benevolent ghost. Okay. And in the, in the scene, it said that I was this girl's uncle, but I had a feeling that I was her father and I was, and I was a ghost, but I was really trying to impart like a message of hope and good vibes. And I thought I kind of, I kind of like this. I, I, you know, I'd be that guy. So I went in and, and, you know, got put on tape by the casting director and, you know, weeks went by and I totally forgot about it. But then uh, I got a call and they said, well, they, they've pinned me, but they, they don't know the date yet. Mm-hmm. And they got to get approval from the network. So I think like a month went by until they finally got it all. Okay. It's all approved. And then I had to sign all these non-disclosure agreements and, <laughs> agree to be at the house to sort of get the scene hand delivered and everything. Mm -hmm. And then when I got, I got the scene and, and I'm, I'm the father in this wedding and I'm barely doing anything. Right. And I thought, Oh, okay. Well maybe, you know, I'm a go, you know, I get shot. So maybe I'll come back as a ghost. I don't know. (laughs) So then I go and, and, and shoot the thing. We spent all night shooting this thing and, and it was, you know, I liked the director and you know, it was Mm -hmm. fun, I guess. But I, on the set, I, I had no, no sense at all that I would ever come back. Right. You know, nobody. It didn't seem to be in anybody's mind. And so then, when I, uh, um, so you know, basically, mm-hmm. I'm there just to kind of get shot. Right. And uh, and it's it, you know, it was kind of. <laughs> I thought it was just funny because, <laughs> you know, it had been like a month of waiting and getting everybody mm-hmm. to agree on it you know getting the secret scene sent to me and then when i when i do it it's it literally is like just blink and you'll miss me right and uh i thought wow <laughs> anyway it's funny though because i remember when i seen that scene i'm like holy shit is that robert campbell from jason goes to hell uh I immediately picked you up because I'm a huge, like, as you know, with my my title, Slasher Scott, I'm a huge slasher and horror movie fan. And Friday the 13th is my all-time, one of my all-time favorites. That and Halloween are very, like, depending on the day, they vary on which one's the number one. And uh, I, I know I, I've, been interv- I've been interviewing at least over 100, you know, actors and actresses from various slasher movies. Most come from Friday the 13th. And I knew immediately, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's him. That's, right, that's Stephen Cole. Ah, well, (laughs) see, other people might have said, oh, that's the guy from, you know, it's a certain member of the audience that that goes right to Friday the 13th. But I guess that that coincides with American Horror Story, uh, you know, the audience for that. 
Yep, exactly. And my next question is about uh, is um, I just got started into watching How to Get Away with Murder, and I am two seasons. I'm in. I have two seasons left, and I but I did see your season, obviously the one you're in. And I, my question is, what was it like working on that show, and um, what was it like working with Viola Davis? Well, um, Viola and I had actually done a series uh, back in. Um, when was it shot? Uh, 2006. Okay. Uh, called Traveler. Mm-hmm. That was on ABC and aired in, um, you know, uh, the summer of, uh, of 2007. <laughs> I, my joke used to be, you know, you can still smell, you, you can still smell it in the air where they burned it off over the summer. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> we got about eight episodes into it and then they just pulled the plug and they kept saying they were going to put it out and, then finally they they put it out in the summer and and it and they just sort of burned it off mm-hmm. uh so viola and i knew each other from that already nice. um and so it was nice to sort of uh land on the set and to see her and mm-hmm. you know we it's been a while it had been a while since i'd seen her and uh it was you know great to work with her i fortunately i didn't get to work with you know i only got to do one scene with her yeah um but uh, and then Liza Weil, uh, who was on the show, yep. we had done a radio play just a couple years before that. Nice, and she's just wonderful as well. That's awesome. Uh, and Wayne Wilderson, who was on it, uh, who um, played uh, the prosecuting attorney. Yep. Uh, we I had known him for years. Nice. Uh, we have the same manager, and then I guess I think Bill Delia directed that, and I know Bill from. Um, uh, when I was doing David Kelly shows, awesome. um, doing the practice and, um, uh, what was the one that kept Boston legal? Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so it was nice, you know, it, it was nice to go on the set and yeah, it was, it was fun. That's great. So, so now going into Jason goes to hell, what was your audition like for, uh, Jason goes to hell? Well, um, it was interesting, uh, you know, sort of picking up where I left off uh, talking about, you know, doing theater in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing I, I was doing pretty well in New York. And then I ended up I, I got a play out in Los Angeles and, mm-hmm. and I which brought me out to Los Angeles. And I really kind of fell in love with Los Angeles and mm-hmm. had started to get some work out here. So I decided to move to Los Angeles and mm-hmm. my fiance at the time, who was a, a a costume supervisor uh, costume designer was moving out to LA as well. So I just decided to leave New York and, and come to Los Angeles, which I did in the, um, moved out in 1989. And then, uh, I hadn't realized how much I was really going to have to start over Mm -hmm. when I got to Los Angeles, even though I'd gotten some work there, even though I had all this theater experience in New York, right it just didn't count for much. And, um, I had a couple years where I was just really kind of in the wilderness mm-hmm. and thought my career was over, right. uh, essentially. And I was doing a lot of, um, you know, there was, there was a couple years there where I, I called myself the busiest unpaid actor in Los Angeles because <laughs> I was doing a lot of stage readings and I was doing, you know, plays in small theater for no money mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what they call equity waiver plays where, right. you know, you, you can be in the actor's equity, but, you know, the theater has 99 seats or less. And mm-hmm. so you essentially do it for free, you know, or for right. $5 a performance or something. And I hadn't had to do anything like that since I first got to New York and, and wasn't in the union yet. You know, so I, I felt like, you know, and jobs were few and far between and I was getting kind of discouraged and I was thinking about the things that I was going to do with my life. Um, so in some ways, you know, Friday the 13th for me was a real, it was really important for me uh, both professionally and personally at that mm-hmm. time. And, uh, so I was, I was actually doing a play and, uh, Dave Giella, who, uh, he and Barry Moss, uh, were casting people that I knew from New York and they were out in L.A. And, and David came to see the play, and he goes, "You know, Barry and I we're we're doing this um, we're doing this horror movie, mm-hmm. and you know we we want to bring you in for it." And I said, "Sure, <laughs> anything. <laughs> you know, send me send me the script." 
Right. Um, and so they did. And I have to admit that I was not, I'd never seen a Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not the target audience for this thing. It mm-hmm. wasn't my kind of thing. And they sent me the script <laughs> and I was just like reading this thing the night before the audition and just thinking, my God, you know, two years ago, I wouldn't have read this script and now I'm auditioning for it. <laughs> and I would, my wife would be making dinner and, you know, I, I go out in the kitchen and go, uh, you know, read her the stage directions, you know, like in mm-hmm. all capital letters, pushes his face into the deep fryer, you know, and, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. So the so the morning of the audition, I, you know, I, I uh, was preparing it. You know, I had a couple scenes to prepare and um, I kind of turned on the television because uh, at that time, you know, there would always be these like tabloid news shows on in the air and some were on in the morning and i turned on the television while i was preparing the audition just for some inspiration and and i watched a little bit of that and i forget what shows i was watching you know maury povich or geraldo or whatever and i just thought man these shows are so trashy and ludicrous and then i got an idea and it occurred to me I thought, okay, here's how I would approach this. Here's how I want to do this. And so I approached it with, it was a little tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. It was pretty tongue in cheek. I, I thought I'm going to, I'm going to push this to the point of parody, mm-hmm. you know, to really, I mean, just so serious and taking yourself so seriously, right. you know, the, that it becomes even more ludicrous <laughs> and funny. And, uh, and so I, I had this whole sort of news broadcast that I did and, and, um, and I remember there was like a, there was sort of a long intro to it. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, I'm Robert Campbell. And at the time it kind of struck me as funny. I just did this little thing. I just added a hi. <laughs> so it was like, hi, I'm Robert Campbell. <laughs> after this very dramatic, serious lead-in. And um, I thought, you know, they're probably not going to go for this at all, but to hell with it. You know, this is mm-hmm. the way I'm going to show them. This is the way I would approach it if I were doing it. And if they don't like it, you know, they can, you know, you know, they can take it or leave it. Right. So so I get to the audition, and, and I remember it was a very long wait. I had to wait almost like an hour, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as they were seeing people. But I went in, and there was Sean and Adam, and I believe Dean were in the room, mm-hmm. um, and they were in chairs, and you know, I came and introduced myself, and the casting person. Um, oh, yeah, the, uh, David. I guess David, David and Barry were there. I can't remember which of them were there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I sit down, and, and um, I start doing the first, um, the first scene, you know, me at the news broadcast, and I kind of see because I'm not looking at them. I'm sort of looking at an imaginary camera. Right. I can kind of see out of the corner of my eye that they are just getting more and more, the the more I do this, the more like grinning and and tickled they're getting. And there's a couple chuckles and stuff. (laughs) And then I get to the high. And they lost it. And they just started (laughs) roaring with laughter. And Sean Cunningham, literally got out of the chair and started pounding his hand on the floor. They were laughing so hard. And I was like, Oh, um, I'm among friends here. They, they're looking at this just like I am. And so, and then I did the, I think the second scene was, was right. You know, I'm, I'm on the phone and, and being a real jerk and it's right before I get, uh, attacked by Jason and, and become Jason myself. Right. And so I, I sort of did that in the most kind of self-centered, slimy, mm-hmm. asshole way that that I could. And once again, they were they were like there were chuckles, they were laughing. And then I right as I said the last line, I don't think he, I even got through it. And then I was like, ah, like I just been <laughs> attacked by Jason. And Adam just lost it. And he goes, "You're a panic, man. You're a panic." <laughs> and so. So I kind of left, you know, I'd gone in with such skepticism and I came out thinking, oh, 
these guys, they're cool. They're, you know, we, we're sort of looking at this through the same eyes. And within a day, I had the job. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then I think we, I think it, it was another year before we actually shot the movie. <laughs> uh, you know, we were supposed to shoot it in the summer of uh 91 i think mm-hmm. and then it was put off until 92 or something I, yeah. I i don't know but anyway it took a while yeah and and during that time i did a couple uh readings of the screenplay as they would keep rewriting it with them with different people they were mm-hmm. bringing in and um then we finally started shooting it in the in the summer of uh, 92 awesome awesome so how was adam marcus like as a director you know i had such a good time doing this movie uh you know adam had um he had such a, you know he was you know i was older than him um mm-hmm. he had such a great youthful energy mm-hmm. and a lot of ideas and his idea for the movie which i really liked you know was to have it sort of he didn't want it to be a typical friday the 13th mm-hmm. movie he wanted it to be more of a, of a thrill ride that was that had humor and was almost like, you know, when, when scream came out years later, mm-hmm. I kind of thought this is what, this is what the, you know, Jason goes to hell sounded like to me when Adam was talking about it. Right. You know, a real sort of thrill ride with laughs and, you know, not just teenagers having sex, getting killed, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. And, and when we shot it, there was a lot of, there was a lot of humor mm-hmm. in it. And, um, you know, and some of the cast, you know, were, you know, Leslie Jordan and Rusty Schwimmer and, you know, others, you know, it was a really good cast. And, and, you know, people kind of got the joke Mm -hmm. and it was really, you know, it was a lot of fun to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I remember sitting on that, you know, because I'd been having, you know, I'd been having real doubts about what I was going to be doing with my life, whether it was time to change careers or what I was going to do. Right. And, uh, but I remember the first day and we were shooting out in thousand Oaks and, and I'm sitting, you know, on the set, you mm-hmm. know, with, you know, and at that point I've, I've, you know, what we were shooting, I already had, you know, sort of blood on me. I, I had already become Jason and I, mm-hmm. and it was just, and, and I'm sitting there doing this, little horror film you know with all the horror makeup on and, and i remember just sitting in the, in the in the cast chair thinking i really like this <laughs> i am really at home here nice. this is fun yeah and it really and doing that movie at that time it was really kind of important for me because i um it was kind of like because i i because of what it was mm-hmm. It was sort of like getting back to playing as a kid again, like when you were playing cowboys or cops and robbers or something. You know, it was just really about make believe. And I think, you know, where I had been really kind of starting to take the work maybe too seriously and too, um, you know, just getting wrapped up in the, the, the grind of like trying to, you know, auditioning and trying to get jobs. But, and then just having this thing come along that was just total playtime. Right, exactly. And that I didn't have to take seriously because of what it was. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I was able to take it seriously in just the right way. Do you know what I mean? I, I definitely know what you mean. I interviewed Adam Marcus and he, he, he he's, he, it was his first movie that he was directing. He was so, he knew what he wanted like he he really I think he did a really good job and he made the movies different because it it gets old after a while seeing Jason slash a bunch of teenage people at Camp Crystal Lake who are having premarital sex and doing drugs you know right right so mix it up a little bit you know um so the next question I got for you is uh what was your most memorable moment while filming uh, Jason goes to hell the final friday oh heck i i that's really i don't know i i can't <laughs> tell you um you know, every day pretty much was a fun day, and there was right. always something. Um, there was always something fun and good to do, mm-hmm. and um, you know what I did find out about myself. Well, going back to that first day again, I, I mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, I had done, you know, I had done some, you know, I'd, I'd done a, one of my first big jobs mm-hmm. on, on TV was doing this miniseries, uh, this Abraham Lincoln. And uh, I was there for eight weeks. And so right. I had gotten a lot of experience doing that and had done a number of TV shows. But mm-hmm. this was, it was a little different. And I felt like I was really able I discovered that I, I had a lot to bring to the table as far as being inventive and bringing in ideas and thinking and, and just being able to sort of come in and kind of, you know, when you go onto the set, you, there's a way you can sort of very graciously claim your space. Right. And, and uh, I remember the first day there was, um, I think what we were shooting was when, Jason was when I, as Jason, first appeared to um, Carrie Keegan mm-hmm. uh, in the garage or something like that. And it was just a very simple little scene where I think, you know, she turns around and sees me and goes, like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And we sort of rehearsed it and blocked it. And I was like, ah, this needs something. <laughs> and so I just said, yeah, can, can we try this? And I And I did this thing where instead of just her turning around, I would actually kind of grab her by the shoulders mm-hmm. and pivot her around so that we would like reverse positions. Right. And it was like, oh, that gives it a little, it's just a little more dramatic and emphatic. Mm-hmm. And it gives her a little more time, a little more to respond to. Right. Um, and, and, and just, and I, and I realized, you know, oh, that's, that was kind of, you know, it wasn't much, but it was, it was like this inventive little thing and right. and and every day was kind of like that where you were kind of like making things up and and being very supported by Adam and by Sean mm-hmm. and by the crew you know a, a real camaraderie develops with the crew right. and yeah so there yeah. was you know, every day was kind of like that it had something else to add that's awesome um to that you know i do remember there was one day where i got uh where i first had squibs going off on me <laughs> which i had never happened to me before right. uh where I, I would be shot and um was this i think this was this the end of me as jason i think it might have been was it the scene in the diner yeah there was the scene in the diner and then oh no 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 uh no first i get I get shot and go up against the wall and then Mark and Brian come in and yes. I bash their heads together yep. and then it keeps going on. You know, so this is when I first get shot and, yep. uh, and I'd never, you know, gotten shot before. And I had like, you know, a whole bunch of squibs going off on me. So, uh, <laughs> and the, the effects guys were going on, you're getting your squib cherry broken. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember at the time it was like, okay, we only want to do this once. Right. So, so I actually had, you know, I, I asked for so, just a few extra minutes so that I could sort of walk through the motions of everything I was going to do, mm-hmm. pretend I was getting hit, land against the wall, slide down against the wall, and I they let me rehearse that a couple times. Right. So that I'd know exactly what I was doing before the squibs went off. Awesome. So that then, so we were, you know, mm-hmm. so that then I could react fully to the squibs and trust that my body would know what it was doing and um yeah and and, awesome. and that was fun that's awesome so what, <laughs> the diner scene was fun it was all fun it was right. all fun so while you were jason what was your favorite kill that you got to perform um i'm not sure i remember i mean i remember pushing leslie jordan's face into the deep fryer yeah um I remember the last one with uh, Allison Smith. Yep. Um, as she, uh, she, I think, so got I, impaled I, I'm not with really a poker. Sure. You know, I guess uh, I don't really know. I, did, I wasn't really rating my kills. Okay. Um, I thought I with Rusty Schwimmer, it was hilarious because she was always that loud mouth, you know, and I interviewed oh, wait, her. Wait. So with Rusty Schwimmer, what did I do with her again? You end up elbowing her and her mouth, like, kind of imploded inside, like, shutting her big yap. Yeah, yeah, that was fine. She was, uh, man, she, Rusty's great. Yes. Uh, Leslie Jordan, I, I just, 
I thought they were, you know, everybody on it was really, right. was really fun to work with, but they were, they just cracked me up. Yes. Um, and it, actually the diner scene was kind of fun to do. You know, yeah. I had, um, um, I had actually, you know, by that time I'd sort of boned up on some Friday the 13th <laughs> movies, but I'd also spent some time, you know, uh, mm-hmm. rewatching, uh, video of, uh, Terminator two awesome. and sort of studying how, how Schwarzenegger and Robert Patrick, you know, how they moved and what they did. And, you know, it's it, interesting, especially without the mask, you right. know, because this is one thing I really liked about, you know, cause I, th- I felt like, okay, I'm the main Jason in this movie mm-hmm. before Jason really comes back. Right. And especially without the mask, it's not like you're just some mindless automaton. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are things going through whatever passes for your mind. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah, exactly. And I actually, I actually had. Uh, I remember I had books. had a had a, had a number of books in my little um, honey wagon dressing room. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I, I had a, a biography of autobiography of Geraldo Rivera that I was reading for inspiration for Robert and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I had a book about serial killers and mm-hmm. serial killer cases and sort of case studies of right. that psychology. And I even actually had, you'll laugh, but I had a copy of uh, Paradise Lost. <laughs> and I was reading certain nice. sections about the devil because, nice. because something's always going through your mind. Right. Even if you're Jason, you've got things, you've got actions that you're planning, you've got things that you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And you've got things that get you off, you've got things that make you angry, yep. you've got things that intrigue you. Know, it's, it's not a blank mind. And especially without the mask, mm-hmm. you know, you're, it's not like you're making expressions or faces, but you've got to have, you've got to be thinking and you've got to be you got to have things that you're trying to do. Otherwise, right. you're just kind of moving like a robot. Right, exactly. And so I was – so it was important to me to kind of have that going on in my head and then mm-hmm. to have it translate through my body in a way that was very kind of um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, that had forward momentum, yes. you know, that was uh, inexorable mm-hmm. and unstoppable. Exactly. You know, until I was finally stopped. Right. And um, when? and just, you know, yeah. Right. And I, I know you didn't have any scenes with Kane Hodder. Was he on set at all when you were there? Did he, he like, was on guide set. you? Yeah. Yeah. Did he guide you with the way, like, with the way to portray Jason? Or was that, like, given to you? Basically, they said, hey, uh, Stephen, do, do it in your own way. Make Jason your own. I, nobody ever actually said that to me. Okay. But that's what I tried to do. Okay. Um, although I also watched Kane, you know, in mm-hmm. the earlier movies and I can't remember specifically, but I know that he was on set and I know I must have checked him with some, with him sometimes to say, mm-hmm. you know, like, how's that? How does that look? Right. Is that, you know, but, but when I was doing it, I thought it was definitely, it was it was me doing Jason because it was that was part of the that was part of the kick of this movie. You know, mm-hmm. it was like it, you're actually seeing a face of Jason without the hockey mask. Exactly, and he's being channeled through this character. Right. Exactly. Now, what was that slug-like demon that was used as? I guess you could say the spirit or whatever of Jason. Now, what was that uh, like made of? Like, how was that done? Oh, you know, I, um, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I kind of figured when I <laughs> asked that question ask, in. Like, so the guys at KNB, I can't remember. Oh, I think it was actually, okay. Um, maybe I'm misremembering, but I believe that when we were doing it in the scene, when, when we we're actually sort of making, you know, mouth to mouth contact mm-hmm. and it was coming out of like Andy Block's mouth or, yeah. um, did it ever come out of my mouth? I don't. I can't remember. I think it came out of your. Was it your neck, or was that the officer's neck off the top of my oh, head? Oh yeah, but I think I was trying. I think maybe there were scenes where I was trying to do it to carry. Yes. And so I, you saw it in, come try to come out of my mouth. Yes, I do. I did. I remember that. It's. It really, literally, is some like um, 
appendage that, and I forget what, exactly what it was made out of, but right. you would, it, it would, you'd, you know, put it on your tongue. Okay. So it would sort of, you know, it was something that you could insert your tongue into. Okay. Nice. <laughs> it was that simple. That's, that's um, all it and, takes and sometimes. And you'd sort of stick out your tongue and the little alien guy would be, you know, trying to come out of your mouth. Right. That's awesome. So uh, what was the best part about filming Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday and what was the worst? Um, once again, it's hard for me to tell you about a best thing because mm-hmm. my experience pretty much every day right. was a really good, fun experience. I don't really recall any day where I was just like going, God, I hate this. This is a pain. <laughs> um, you know, Adam uh, was really fun to work with. The, the cast and the crew were all great to work with. Right. You know, there was one night, you know, and now I can't say that they, they went overboard sometimes to provide us with accommodations. I mean, it right. was a, it was a low budget movie. And mm-hmm. um, there was this one night where I, it was the diner where I was fine. I was just totally covered in blood, you right. know, and there were no, and we had to drive home. We shot all night and there were no showers. Right. So I had to like, you know, basically strip down to my underwear and get <laughs> hosed off Oof. and nobody really thought about it. Right. You know what I mean? So I think I was a little like, you know, okay guys, <laughs> uh, you know, cause I had yeah. to drive home. Right. You know, I couldn't just go home and, it, and a lot of that blood, it was sort of sugar based and sticky right. and, uh, right. imagine getting pulled so over. They, they had to sort of <laughs> hose me off, which yep. was kind of embarrassing because I'm just in my underwear and, right. You know, then you start hosing that off, and mm-hmm. you know nowadays it would be you know yeah. people you know you'd risk you risk exposing yourself to mm-hmm. to people. But I remember, and I remember Sean pulling up in his car like right around that time, right when I was getting hosed mm-hmm. off, and, you know, just and I remember I just I sort of went up to his car like I was like I was a monster or something <laughs> <laughs> as he got out, and I was like. All right, it doesn't get any better than this, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of burst out laughing. That's um, funny. So, uh, um, so the actual the, the filming of it was just a kick, right? That's um, good. so if you want to talk about the worst thing, though, and and I have to say this is one of the reasons why. <laughs> I haven't really done that many, you know, interviews or documentaries about it. Right. Is because actually seeing the film for me and doing the film mm-hmm. were two different experiences. Right. Um, you know, as I say, I am not I'm not the target audience for this movie. Mm-hmm. But I did think that, you know, and, and the story goes that when they when they took the the, the cut to New Line you know, New Line was like, oh, where's all the teenagers having sex and getting killed? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, they wanted it to be more of a regular Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. And and so then they shot the scene, which was totally inserted, you know, in, in reshoots mm-hmm. with uh, Michael Silver and Michelle Clooney, which right. was, you know, Adam and Sean being who they were. Um, okay, you want us to do this? So it looked to me like they just made it the most over-the-top, violent, mm-hmm. gory teenagers having sex scene that they could possibly do yeah. and put that in there. And, but then I also feel like in the editing, a lot of the tongue-in-cheekness, a lot of humor kind of went away. Yeah. Um, and that it just for me became a lot of like over the top violence and gore. And I had really ambivalent feelings about watching that. Yeah. And being, you know, and it's like, you know, that's just my taste. And, um, but you know, I had, I had like, uh, not long after that, after the movie came out, I, you know, I'd be back home visiting my parents and stuff and, you know, with some of my high school friends and, you know, some of them were more religious than, um, than I was. Mm -hmm. And they would go, um, 
Steve, how, how could you do that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was thinking, you know, and I couldn't really explain to them, you know, how much fun it was to work on and how much it sort of right. meant as a working experience. And, and part of me just wanted to go, oh, you know, what are you talking about to heck with you? But then there was a part of me that kind of went, yeah, I get it. I see what right. you're saying. Exactly. And I, and I had ambivalent feelings about being, being in it and kind of making money off of it. Mm-hmm. And because for me, um, when it's just about kind of over the top violence and gore, I, I have a lot of ambivalence as to the value of that. Right. And so, you know, sometimes when I've been approached about doing documentaries and stuff, I've I've sort of begged off because, you know, I figure, well, in the editing, they'll just have all the good things for me to say about it. But I don't want I don't want to be seen as sort of glo- totally just glorifying this. Right. Exactly. And so actually, that's one of the reasons why I, uh, you know, why I agreed to talk with you today, because I figure, well, it's a podcast. And so he'll let me sort of absolutely tell the whole story. <laughs> absolutely. And that, and that's kind of how I, I want to run my podcast. It's like, I want people to, t- I don't want them to glorify it. Cause I know that there's a lot of people that enjoy these movies and a lot of the actors, they come on and they say that I, I had fun doing it, but it was a job. That's my job. I'm an actor. I, I'm not a fan of, of horror. I'm not a fan of the franchise. It's my, it, I was doing it for a paycheck. Yeah, well, for me, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the paycheck, uh, <laughs> as movie money goes, it wasn't a big paycheck. Right. But for me at the time, it was a very, it w- was a good paycheck, and it was a very important mm-hmm. paycheck. And I, you know, right. But but for me, it was more than just the paycheck. I mean, as mm-hmm. a, as I say, it was really about I kind of, oddly enough, this this sort of crazy horror film. Yeah allowed me to kind of reconnect with what I was doing in a very kind of fundamental way and kind mm-hmm. of get back to why I wanted to do it and what what was fun about it for me. Right. And it sort of led me back into to saying, yeah, acting, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I really, you know, I yeah. really feel at home here. This is this is where I want to be. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, Jason was one of the things during this time period that really sort of turned me around on that Mm -hmm. and and uh and once again a lot of it had to do with the people i was working with um you know and and how much fun it was you know working with you know adam and with sean and uh with the rest of the cast and you know our our very hard-working crew and and all those great guys at knb you know special Mm -hmm. effects you know, because we spent a lot of time together, you know, like making masks of me and, yeah. you know, working up effects and stuff like that. Um, yep. So it was a lot of fun. It That's was awesome. It was really a lot of fun in a great many ways. And and I would have to say more than just a paycheck. That's awesome. Um, although I did appreciate the paycheck. <laughs> right. And, and, I, and that makes me happy hearing that because, like, you know, this, these movies, like 30, 40 years later, have huge, you know, still have a huge following, which is amazing after all this time. I still get residuals. They're not big. Right. But I still get them. That's awesome. Um, although I have to say, you know, I saw the movie at the premiere. Mm-hmm. And then I took my agent and two and some friends to see it like the next week. Mm-hmm. And I have to confess to you, I, I have a VHS copy of it, but <laughs> I, I've only seen it the two times. Okay. I mean, because yeah. once again, because I, I have just my response to the, um, the violence and the gore of it. Right. I, exactly. I have a, I'm just not comfortable with it. <laughs> right. And the last question I actually have for you is, uh, do you have any projects, social media accounts, or websites that you'd like to promote to the listening audience? You know, I am not on social media. Um, I've, you know, there are times in the past that I've, you know, thought, well, maybe I should get on Mm -hmm. Facebook to, you know, just for business reasons. And then people would go, oh, you mean Stalkbook? And so (laughs) I would sort of beg off. And, you know, maybe Twitter, but, but, uh, um, you know, I always like to say I'm a proud member of Twitface, uh, but I'm I'm not. Uh, um, and then I had one one friend, uh, you know, who said, you know, when are you going to get your ass on Facebook? <laughs> and I said, oh, all this time I've been trying to get my face on Assbook. No wonder. <laughs> I, uh, 
but you know, I just, I, I, I'm not on any social media. Okay. I will tell a story though, if you okay. have a moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually just did. I actually just did a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I find myself in a similar sort of situation that I was in mm-hmm. around the time I did Jason, uh, because the, you know, the landscape of the business is changing, and especially mm-hmm. now, you know, during the pandemic. It was kind of going this way anyway, but now anytime you audition for things mm-hmm. and, and of necessity during the pandemic, it's all self-tapes. Right. You're putting yourself on tape and you're you're sending it out into the ether. Right. And um, it was getting this way even before the pandemic. Um, more and more and more, you would either self-tape or you would go in and you'd be put on tape by the casting director. Mm-hmm. But now you don't even get to interact with casting. Wow. Now you're just doing it. You know, my wife reads with me. You know, we set right. it up in a little corner of the house, and I, I do the auditions, and um, and they're good auditions. Mm-hmm. But for me, all the good jobs, you know, I would say 98% of the great jobs that I've ever had have been because I actually went into the room and met the people. Right. You know, what I described to you, meeting Sean and Adam and yep. Dean, that wouldn't have happened now. Oh, my God. That's I would have crazy. been put on tape. And maybe something would have happened after that. But, you know, the, the personal chemistry that can happen in a room, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like self-tapes are all, um, you know, it's always, there's always been to a certain extent, you know, to a large extent, you know, it's been about physical type, mm-hmm. character type. Etc. But now with self tapes, all you're getting is just the person doing this audition, mm-hmm. and this world where there's no personal interaction, where you don't get to meet, where you don't get to, mm-hmm. you know, establish a rapport with the people, you don't get to talk about the character or the script or anything. Right. This world where people are just sort of scrolling through images quickly. Mm-hmm. trying to find something that they like is not a world that I feel like I can thrive in yeah. or that I'm, I'm really, you know, want to be a part of. So I, mm-hmm. I'd been sort of, I, I had started, you know, once we sort of came back, um, you know, everybody started going back to work in the fall. Mm-hmm. I, I had started to, to do auditions again. And, you know, at this point in my career, I don't audition for everything that mm-hmm. I'm asked to, you know, some of these, kind of paint by numbers guest star roles i'm just like look do i really have to like read for this tell them to make me an offer or otherwise <laughs> you know yeah. you know i'm not really gonna you know you know i i've got you know i got too many credits <laughs> right i was gonna say your resume speaks for itself <laughs> yeah yeah i mean come on you really need me to read for this to make a decision right. um so and and also it's a good way you know to burn yourself out Mm-hmm. Uh, it, to just audition it for everything coming down the pike. So, mm-hmm. and especially now that it involves not just me, but members of my family helping me. You know, I told my mm-hmm. agents, I said, you know, if it's something that I that I find compelling in a certain way, mm-hmm. in any kind of way, I, I'm glad to sort of take everybody's time to do it. Yeah. But if I if it's not, I'm 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 not going to do it because it kind of takes a village here Absolutely. to get the audition done. So. You know, uh, but anyway, I, I was kind of doing, you know, uh, doing these self tapes and, mm-hmm. and just thinking, how much longer am I going to do this? Right. You know, how when am I going to pull the plug? You know, when am I going to collect my pension and ride off to the sunset? Right. But I did this audition for a show, Seal Team. Okay. And um, um, and it was just playing the judge. Mm-hmm. And and when I got actually the the audition sides i was like i can't believe i you know how many ways can i say sustained overruled i'm just the judge (laughs) but but it it occurred to me you know i said well judges can always recur yes you can always bring back the judge if you need the judge again Mm -hmm. so i thought okay you know i'll i'll put myself on tape for it and you know a couple weeks went by and i actually got the judge nice so i was a little I was a little leery about going back to work because I didn't know what how it was going to be, mm-hmm. the safety of it yeah. and the protocols and everything. But it was actually, you know, thank you know, uh, big kudos to the studios and to the unions mm-hmm. for 
everybody getting together on some really workable protocols. Absolutely. And you still have to be alert. I mean, because you're still working in close contact with people and, you know, there's no way you can do this without, you you, you can't socially distance the entire time. Right. But, you know, and you, you, you know, every, you know, everybody's getting tested constantly. Yeah. And, and there, the protocols are really great. So that, so I was very relieved uh, to work on it. That's but awesome. the other thing that happened was I found that as soon as I got on the set, even though I was just being on the judge, mm-hmm. being the judge, there were, you know, there were certain crew members that I worked with before. There was mm-hmm. uh, a script supervisor in wardrobe I knew from JAG. Nice. Uh, there, the makeup people were, for, a couple of them were from Bosch. The, the head of the hair department was from Desperate Housewives, you know, and so right. I knew a lot of the people, but there was just almost instantly this sort of camaraderie that develops with the crew with the, you know, I was working yeah. very in close with the camera people and the sound people and, mm-hmm. and, and the director and, and almost kind of immediately you just start striking up a rapport with them and figuring out little bits of business that you can do and how to make this moment more effective and all the things that you really start to love about being on the set. And Mm -hmm. I remember just thinking, wow, I'm so at home here. Right. I really like being here. It was, and it it did remind me of that day, you know, when I first, when I first started working, uh, on, on the Jason movie again, Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I really like this. Mm -hmm. This is really, like home to me i really enjoy this even though i'm just being the judge this is really terrific and i i feel like i'm in my creative element Mm -hmm. and um and it was really fun and so um anyway so i so i guess uh so i guess i'll go on doing these self-tape auditions a little while longer um (laughs) and then i had done right before the pandemic i just finished doing two plays back to back in in los angeles and unfortunately that you know, I'm not sure when theater is going to come back. Yeah, it's sad. It uh, really is. But that's something that that I can imagine. You know, especially now that my kids um, are now sort of grown and and mm-hmm. out of high school and you know starting to go to college and, yeah. and um, I'm a little freer about. You know, I hadn't done a play like a small theater for free play in Los Angeles since they were born. Mm-hmm. If I ever did a play, it would be at a larger theater and mm-hmm. it would be only when I felt like I could afford it. But, but now, you know, they're kind of grown. And, and, and so I just did two back to back plays, small theater plays in Los Angeles that were really fun and challenging. And mm-hmm. once again, it was all about, Oh, why did I do this? Why did I start doing this in the first place? Oh yeah. Right. yeah. And, you know, so I'm hoping that at some point, you know, we can get back to doing plays in front of a live audience again, because I Absolutely. know that that's something I would look forward to doing. Absolutely. But anyway, so that's what's going on with me right now. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much, Stephen, for your time. Well, thank you, Scotty. I, I enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed talking to you as well. I really uh, enjoyed it, and I think we had a really good interview. So, I, and I, 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 again, I thank you so much. I enjoyed you in your work, obviously, on How to Get Away with Murder and um, with, uh, obviously, Jason Goes to Hell. So, I mean, uh-huh. you, you're, you have an impressive resume. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks no so much. Call. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You have a good rest of your day, and you stay safe. Okay, you All too. Right. Take thank care. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.